0: Hi everyone, this is Dave Wright and welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. I hope you're having an enjoyable week out on the training ground wherever you're listening. If you haven't been over to the PDP site in the last week or so, we've published a live session, a video session plan. We've also reviewed the Birmingham City Football Club Learning Tribes Conference. And we've got a great new blog from a new contributor, Joey Peters, on shifting your coaching approach from one of control to trust. Joey discusses coach communication and how to take a learner-centric approach to your coaching delivery, so I highly recommend you check that one out. In today's PDP podcast, Dan Wright and I answer another community question. We're talking tournaments and the benefits and challenges that go with these experiences for young players. As always, you can let us know your thoughts on the conversation via our social channels at PlayerDP on Twitter or Instagram, or via the Player Development Project Facebook page. And if you get time, please leave us a review for the podcast wherever you are listening. Finally, don't forget, you can head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com and sign up to our community to access all of our coaching content. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi everyone, my name is Dave Wright and welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. As usual, I'm delighted to be joined by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you going this week?
1: really good thank you how are you mate
0: I'm good I'm good what's been happening up there in the UK
1: um well we're coming towards the end of the season so um kind of natural time to reflect on your your practices and start planning for for next year so it's quite good isn't it to take a pause and to to maybe think about what you planned pre-season did it come off like that is there anything you're going to adapt or tweak for for the next year um how about for you
0: Yeah, good. Last couple of weeks have been interesting. We had a fair bit of travel and uh, we had a a big journey for an away game recently, which was a good challenge for the boys and uh, had a home game uh, just recently. So lots of football in terms of being on the grass, working with the players and obviously um, cracking on with plenty with PDP as well. Both uh, Adam and I working on some exciting initiatives uh, on our side with PDP. So plenty going on. And we do have another very interesting question this week uh, from our community. It's coming via Facebook uh, from Chaz and to give you a little bit of context the, the short, short end of the question is what is the value of tournaments and player development but I will provide some context around what Chaz is saying so he's essentially saying that he's working with under 13 players and that currently he's, he's with a club where they're, they're sort of playing four to five tournaments a season and a lot of these tournaments cost a lot of money and the environment's adding a fair bit of pressure to the players in terms of them expecting to perform, whether that's coming from themselves or otherwise, he sort of hasn't elaborated. But he really wanted to understand that if a player walks away with limited minutes in a tournament, is this helping or hindering player development? So it's quite an interesting one because obviously at all levels, clubs try and play tournaments. So Dan, what are your first thoughts around this one?
1: Yeah, there's, there's lots of different directions to go with this one, isn't there? Um... I think some of the things that we need to consider are probably the age group. So this would look different if you were talking about maybe under-18 players or players looking to to turn it into a career. It would look again very different if they were eight and nine. So 13 is somewhere in the middle. So how serious should tournaments be? I think is a is a question. Um, I'd also be keen to understand what the kind of games program or the offering of games looks like when they're not at tournaments. Are they playing? Uh, in a league? Are they playing friendlies? Are they playing midweek games? So we've done a Q&A similar to this before we talked about mixed experiences, because I think um, I could argue whether tournaments are good or bad. And I think there's, that, that's probably where we're going to go. But I'd be keen to understand what those experiences look at, away from the tournaments. And, and are they getting enough minutes? And are they getting enough um, kind of variability and volume of football i think is, a, is the quick answer with that. Would that be where you'd start?
0: yeah, I think it's a good place to go i think I think it's probably safe to assume that they're in some kind of um structure or organized play you know in terms of a league or a season or you know however that to be more on that isn't it a stru-
1: structured play <laughs> yeah structured play <laughs>
0: that's a whole other discussion. Um, Look, the the mixed experiences one is a great place to start. So there was obviously, we did discuss tournaments a little bit in terms of variety, in terms of your games program. Um, I also think there is value in tournaments by going up against new opposition. So I can think back to experiences when I was working in the UK, where we'd go out to Germany and there'd be uh, sort of clubs from different countries and there'd be, uh, you know, players of different size and and, and different styles of football. I think there's a lot of benefits there. So perhaps this is an interstate tournament or perhaps um, this is a journey for the players players when they go away I think being in a tournament environment where you spend time together and you're actually away from your normal environment perhaps the players are away from their parents there can be some really positive social outcomes there so I think that's sort of where I'm starting around the sort of social benefits and the the experience itself but let's address the idea of pressure and I guess limited minutes because these could be seen as detrimental factors if you were going to go away and be involved in a tournament how do we tackle that and what's your view?
1: I think the the starting point would be having um, transparency about our our approach. So if our week-to-week games program is um, 50% game time or equal playing time, again, there's a Q&A on that. Um, And if we have a different policy for tournament football, then we should be completely transparent with that. So either at tournament football... You won't be guaranteed anything or at tournament football we guarantee you 25 percent game time or or whatever that looks like i think a lot of this kind of conflict whether it comes from player to coach or parents to coach is because maybe we haven't communicated what what the purpose of that tournament is Mm. um so then you know people are then surprised by um the substitutions or the actions on the game day because this is different to what we normally do and you haven't communicated Mm -hmm. so that would be my starting point and then um, also having those kind of conversations with the players of, of why are we going into this tournament? What's the purpose of it? What are our, our wins? And so our win or our ultimate win could be to try and win the tournament. If that isn't possible or it not that important to us, that we could talk about redefining success. So mm. we win by sticking to our style or we win by creating X amount of chances. So I think that kind of approach and, and, and transparency and, and planning before a ball is even kicked is really important.
0: I think the other area we've got to talk about here, and we probably can't solve this in a Q&A conversation, but is the cost of the tournament. Now, I know in places like America, I know in places like Australia, the cost of football can be at times quite high. And obviously, when football or any sport costs money, it can isolate talent and it can mean that not everybody can participate. So I think there's a challenge there in that if this is an issue for Chaz's club, and and perhaps it is, where players aren't getting to participate, or they're being financially stretched, the parents are obviously being financially stretched to uh, include their their children. That's difficult. So, I mean, I can think of things like when I was a kid, and we'd have to fundraise for a tournament, and that might be going around door to door selling raffle tickets. Um, these days, maybe kids don't do that as much, um, but it could be a give a little page, or it could be some way where players have to actively contribute. Um, and and maybe raise some of the money themselves. It could be talking to club sponsors if they're lucky enough to have any club sponsors or perhaps individuals with businesses who are looking to support that, then maybe there could be some strategies in terms of subsidizing the cost. But I think this is a very real issue and one that we can't solve. But there is no doubt that the cost of football can isolate talent in certain areas.
1: Mm, And then that would probably go back to where we started with those mixed experiences because football shouldn't cost a great deal and there should be opportunity for people that, that can't afford to go on tournaments and tours. And then maybe from our coaching point of view, do we need to take 20 players or can we get by with 14? Mm. Um, and is there a way to kind of balance that cost? So that, that is an interesting point. And I think you should never really be taking a player that you can't get You know, minutes into. That would be, that yeah. would be a, a difficult for anybody to to justify it been a a good idea. I think the Um, other angle here
0: is earning it, isn't it? I mean, I think it's about, so whether that's fundraising or whether that's earning selection, you know, this does bring a different outcome socially uh, in terms of dealing with pressure either at the tournament or perhaps trying to have to fight to earn a place if there's limited spots. Now, you know, there is a fine line between isolating talent and then creating healthy competition. And I think that's also something that's worth considering.
1: Yeah, and... That is a bonkers sentence at under eight and under nine, isn't it? it? Is. Earning your shirt and earning your place. <laughs> yeah. but, but the reality of like sport or life is that, you know, if you're better at something, you're going to get more opportunity. So at 18, it wouldn't be unusual to say that the best team is playing and we're competing and, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to earn the shirt. And then again, like I started with under 13s is an interesting age because you're somewhere along that spectrum. Mm. You shouldn't have a starting 11 and and subs. You shouldn't have guaranteed starting 11, but it's okay for you to put some kind of emphasis on competition and um, some, type, some type of emphasis on, on winning that, that starting place in the team. So, can, yeah, it can be tricky with teenagers, Can be because we, we then could dive into growth and maturation and are you picking the biggest, strongest boys to win when actually the talent might be set on the bench? Uh, and that might emerge at 16, 17 when they catch up physically, but might not emerge if you don't put them on the pitch and give them opportunity to shine. So there's a A, Q and a on that somewhere as well. So... Um, All all of these threads kind of tie and weave in in with each other, don't they?
0: They do, they do. So we've talked about some of the dangers, I guess, and some of the considerations um, and perhaps some of the detrimental effects and, and I guess, shared some ideas there on how to potentially navigate those. What are some of the positives for you? I mean, we've both been in tournaments, we've both played at tournaments as players. What are some of your sort of positive experiences where kids have really benefited from this?
1: I think you've mentioned it already, but the, the social outcomes are brilliant because the... The kids and the coaches are spending a lot more time with each other so if you're in a uh pay-to-play model or a grassroots model you might see a player for for one hour two hours or three hours a week you then go to spending four or five days with each other so it's meals uh, it's team meetings it's travel it's mm. before game during the game after the game so there's real there can be loads of good interactions there and also maybe lots of learning so not sitting down and doing video analysis for four hours, but you can have loads of informal chats with people um, about football stuff, but perhaps perhaps even more powerfully about other stuff. So get to understand the player, what's their school life like, what's their family life like, what motivates them, what interests them. Like if you do a tournament at the beginning of the season or or some sort of residential, I think that's such a win because you could have kind of six months of learning um, condensed into into three or four days so that the social outcomes are brilliant. And then I think the the um, finding it hard to articulate. I think the the opportunity to perform is is less. So if you're a wide player in a games program game or in a in a midweek game, you might get three or four or five opportunities to cross the ball and create a goal. In a tournament, you might only get one. So it's about um, you probably get less repetitions, but you're going to have to perform when those repetitions come about. So that that stage and, and normally tournament games are shorter, maybe 40 minutes or, or even shorter in, in younger age groups. So you've only got 20 minutes to do it too. So mm. you know, you've know you got to score first and, and you've got to try and keep a clean sheet. Like if you concede first in a 20 minute game, it can be really difficult to go through. So that that can be a rich learning about what football looks like. Like if we concede first, it's hard to, to win a game. That That is that, that is true at the adults level. So yeah. you can start to drip feed all of these ideas and have kind of seasoned that moment to to, to impr- implement our game plan and uh, identity.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the other area we can cover here is winning. Now, we've previously uh, recorded a and a Q&A on, you know, is player development about winning or, or development? I mean, I think we would both... say that it's about development. But of course, you can redefine what winning is, whether that's through individual targets, team targets, and so on. So that one's worth a look. But in terms of winning, there, there are lessons for kids in winning and losing. They've got to be able to understand that both things are going to happen when you play sport. They are games after all. And I think the game is something we play. So keeping play at the forefront is important. But we can also develop resilience through these experiences. I remember as a player, still remember a tournament game as a 16-year-old we were 3-0 down at halftime and came back and won 4-3. Now that that memory stuck with me for a lifetime and the things that the, the work that we did and the adversity we overcame was a great experience. I think also I can remember coaching teams who were being knocked out in the semi-final of a tournament and the devastation and players losing in penalty shootouts and and, and I guess the stories that emerge from that, they're all part of your sort of youth sporting experience. And I, I think it's important that kids have that. I don't think it should all be, um, you know, just one way in terms of the participation angle um, and and making things non-competitive. So what's your view, I guess, around the benefits of those experiences where kids have to fight, win or compete uh, while they're involved in tournaments?
1: Yeah, I think um, in the moment it can be devastating and can be the end of the world. And like you said, if you lose that semi-final, like, you know, there's no consoling that player in that moment. But maybe five minutes later or five hours later you could talk to that player about okay what, what did you learn what is what's the one takeaway from this tournament and i try and encourage the kids to zoom out and like i said they're, they're under 13s if they learn one thing from playing in a tournament and that could be to, to stay on the same thing that could be you've got to try and score first then you've done your job haven't you so i think reframing that 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 winning is important but also taking away one kind of nugget from every tournament like it could be a tactical thing could be a technical thing could be um working with the referee it could be working with your teammates and if they learn one thing every time they play or one thing from every tournament then week to week we're going to be winning in terms of the the resilience i think it can be difficult sometimes to to develop those things in a coaching session so Mm we talked about the idea of representative design before and trying to make sessions look like games, but nothing is going to be as real, like you said, as as losing a semi-final when you thought you were going to go through and you thought it was going to happen. Nothing's going to be as real as that. So um, can can we recreate that in training? It can be really hard. So um, sometimes losing is good. you, you know, you've got to say that quietly, but sometimes <laughs>
0: Yeah, we we certainly don't set out to lose, but I think, as you say, <laughs> if you can if you can go out there with the learner's mindset and promote that mindset with your players, that every experience we have throughout the season is going to be a positive one. I, I again can still recall a final that after three years of working with the same team, that my team won. Uh, I think it was twenty twelve when I was coaching some teams in Sydney and those kids really for 3 years were trying to get beyond that semi-final thing they'd never been to that final that they just were so determined to get there and that whilst it wasn't a focus of what we did very we very much focused on our processes as teams and and our playing style and so on seeing the joy that those kids had when they finally got there, I think is one of the beautiful parts of sport. You know, it's achieving that that goal and it's climbing that mountain as such. So there is a huge yeah. amount of value in that, again, as an experience. So going back to the question, I think in, in Chaz's context, it's really important to communicate communicate clearly irony there right (laughs) can't even spit a sentence out but but obviously communicating very clearly articulating what your goals and what your purpose is at the tournament being honest with the players i think there isn't a player that i've met that doesn't value honesty um and then looking at at the sort of outcomes in terms of resilience if it doesn't go well and and overcoming adversity
1: Mm. and i think um if it is about budget and and whether this Mm. is the best use of money, I think the conversation for coaches or people that work in kind of the player operations departments is what else would you spend this money on? You know, so if you could swap one tournament and uh, play futsal for 30 weeks in a hall, might that be a a richer learning experience? So so I think as adults, that's okay to kind of review that. And like I started the conversation in in the UK, it's the summer now we're starting to, to break up football. Now's a chance to look back at, are we using everything as smart as we can? So money is one of those resources, isn't it? So if we go to five tournaments and it costs X, what happens if we went to four tournaments and spent this money on something else? What what would it look like? So that, that could be uh, something for Chaz to think about in his environment, like if resource or, or money is the, is the challenge, what, what would you do with it if you didn't go on these tours? So um, something to think about.
0: Definitely a fantastic final thought, and hopefully we've thrown some ideas around there to help Chaz in his environment. Dan, as always, thank you very much for your time.
1: No, I enjoyed it, mate.
0: Excellent, and we'll look forward to another Player Development Project Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.